0: Damn. Uh. Welcome back yeah. to another episode of the 104 Podcast. This is a podcast about the Edmonton Oilers in a healthy and productive manner. I am your co-host, Herman Villegas, and on my right is another person who is also worried about his club hand, It's Elliot Tanti. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, a
1: little bit weak on my left side. Yo, know, Madison was all over you this day. But you know what? If you'd only just scored maybe 10 or 12 more <laughs> goals, we would have made the playoffs this I year. Was-
0: I was debating on which one I was going to do. <laughs> I, I was going to go the Toby Reader route, but I was like,
1: no, I'll go the Cosmic. Yeah, route this yeah, time. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're going to talk a lot about Tobias Reader.
0: Yes, we will. Which is uh, I the weirdest thing to say, to be honest. Because I, I don't know if Tobias Reader requires so much attention, but that, he does. Um, yeah. And this was a, So we missed out last week because, um, you know, we had some people away. But it always happens when we miss a week, something blows up. We curse the
1: Oilers. We always curse the Oilers. If we do not do a show, the whole thing just falls apart. Honestly, the guys didn't hear the show in the dressing room before the game, and then (laughs) the management wasn't able to listen to it in the shower in the morning, and then it's like, my their weeks off. They're like, my week's off. And then I'm going to go and, like, Scold the player for no reason in front of like yeah. season ticket holders that's what i'm gonna do because i didn't listen to There there's no 104 podcast yeah it's like how what
0: what opinions do i have i don't have any opinions i'm just gonna go yeah. off the cuff uh, uh. Uh, yeah exactly <laughs> okay let's let's do the recap
1: all right of course the two weeks in which we're away they would just play eight damn games I don't remember. I, I think we had some like interesting sort of suggestions around.
0: I, was, I said two and two for that. Two week. and
1: two, right? And I said if they lost to Vegas, then it was like one and four, and if they won, it would be like three and one because they basically needed to be Vegas to win, right? Well, anyway, tough back to back. Go into Vegas, they lose six <laughs> three, pretty <laughs> atrociously. Um, you know, and and the dream is dead at that moment. I think the dream is dead at that moment, and and I, you get that feeling. I mean, there's still there's a prayer for a long time, but. Over, over the next two weeks But really That Vegas game was The must wins of must wins They lost it And it was done
0: That was bad Hammer. Boom, Boom. Yeah. yeah Exactly Pretty bad
1: Play the Blues next This is bad, bad, this was a bad Bad This is a bad game 7-2 loss to the Blues yeah. eh? <laughs> Really bad Th- These are the games Where I like I'm like oh I'm gonna go Check on the score on my app Oh okay It's 5-1 <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That's
0: exciting
1: That was That was the last game for me, Also yeah. last night yeah. Yeah, yeah Um, We'll get there <laughs> I uh, followed up with a really strong effort against the Columbus Blue Jackets, 4-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play well against the Blue the Jackets future? for some reason.
0: Yeah, they play well against the Blue
1: Jackets. It's yeah. true. Um, man, if the Oilers could play that well, night in and night out, they would be a real contender. Because yeah. the, the thing about that Columbus game is it shows like, what potential they have, right? Yeah, Always. totally. Totally does. Totally does. Then they go against the worst team in the league and lose 4-3 in <laughs> overtime. No. Explain that one to me.
0: I don't Explain I to me how
1: the Oilers are at a 4-3 game I, I, it was are three three with the Ottawa Senators, I don't and then they lost in overtime. Like they're the best freaking
0: overtime team in the city, like, in the league. <laughs> I don't know how you get the old, the, the Senators to even score. I, I don't get it. Eight <laughs> four
1: against LA. That was a cool game. Dry saddle and Nuge nice. got hat tricks. Double hat tricks. It's like since the first time since '91 or something. Yeah, two yeah. Oilers got uh, hat tricks. and like Teganid or
0: something
1: like that. Yeah, very. Uh, very cool. Yeah, very cool. Especially
0: I, against LA. Always loved.
1: Yeah, LA. I think uh, that's the game where Dry Settle eclipse is 100 and a bunch of other stuff happened. Mm-hmm, we'll mm-hmm. talk about it later, but uh, God knew just so good. Yeah. Nugey. Dallas Stars. They lose 3-2 in a shootout. Didn't see that game.
0: McDavid scored an amazing goal. Oh, probably, yes, yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Between his legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I've been um, saying he's online, been trying, he was been, he's been trying that move for at least a year and a half. Yeah. I've seen him try that move with like Where he like He shoots it over the thing And like Yeah He's missed it so many times He even tried it at the All-Star game But I'm like He's gonna hit it one day And it's gonna be amazing Yeah he yeah, did yeah He did <laughs> He did
1: uh, The others then managed to squander Their 2 nothing Lose And lead And lose 3-2 So you didn't
0: see the game right? I didn't see the game But I saw the highlights Did you see the Alex Chason Like Completely like Lionel Messi The puck No <laughs> like, just, like, on No a, On a shootout <laughs> He just shot it, but the puck just like greened (laughs) off his stick, and it just like flew like straight up, like to the three hundred level. And people, and and the announcer was like, "Oh, did did it hit? Did it hit the goalie in the head and just like flew off?" And then like looked (laughs) at the replay. No, it It definitely didn't straight (laughs) up.
1: (laughs) Oh, Alex. (laughs) All right, but let's give him four million over four years. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Uh, And then last night, this is one I didn't watch Uh, the game, but I was like. I didn't, I didn't tune in when it was 5-1, I tuned in when it was 5 nothing, and I was like, oh, I wonder how the others are doing, and I could, so I was at a bar, but I was, was sitting with a buddy, and we were having, like, a pretty good conversation, and uh, I couldn't see the TV, except for, like, the side of it, and I was like, oh, it looks like the others are playing really hard, that looks like, you know, you know, because I wasn't really, you couldn't see the score or anything like that, he went to the washroom, I look on my phone, it's 5 nothing. I was like, wow, lifts can be <laughs> deceiving.
0: Uh, especially against the Ducks, again, another team I hate losing
1: to. 2-3-2. and two pretty bad <laughs> it's about average for the season I
0: guess yeah yeah you, you, you're right you're right about that like in uh, in in this stretch to be if the Oilers had any intention of either proving themselves that they were a playoff worthy team they needed to like really nail the stretch it was against Vegas it was against LA it was against the Ducks um, and it was against the Stars a wild card oh, team well, yeah it was just teams they should they just needed to be was all these all come. these games they should have they needed to win these games
1: I mean, Vegas is the only tough one
0: yep, there Vegas and they're is on the back-to-back.
1: Game. I mean, Blues are good, but you blues are really good.
0: Them. I don't mm, know. You're right. Who did you have for your oppor-
1: strengths and opportunities this week?
0: Well, I was with you on the uh, strength part of it, and I was going to also give it to McDavid. But, I mean, Nuge. Nuge getting the hat trick to me was like, I think everybody in Edmonton, I think, can very much— like, we disagree so much on hockey— everyone agrees on how awesome Nuge is and everyone agrees in saying we should trade him no (laughs) (laughs) Jim Matheson (laughs) sorry gotta be careful when you say everyone except Jim Matheson (laughs) 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 loves Nuge Nuge is an amazing player and I think that he is he's one of he's like he's been with the Oilers for so long he's you know got that number one pick pedigree but at the same time like people doubted him so much we love Nuge he's, he has career high he's getting his only second hat trick in the NHL um, it's too bad that Dry kind of did that another hat trick and kind of eclipses Knight yeah. <laughs> but at the same time like I love Nuge he deserves to have the opportunity he's been playing fantastic I'm with you on that I mean I think Nuge is one of the names
1: we said the most in the opp- in the strengths this yeah. the category and I don't know that we've ever listed him as in, in, in the opportunities like he's just always consistently so. played well and done well yeah, um, Who was your strike? I'm going to take Dry this week. Yeah, he deserves it. He deserves weeks. it. He to 100 points. He's yeah. had lots of success. I wish it meant more in terms of standings wise mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But one of the things you know we can say when we look back, I was glad to have like followed the Oilers this year as closely as we did because um, the the out offensive outpouring from Drew Nuge, mm-hmm. Dry Nuge, and uh, McDavid is unbelievable yes and absolutely. he's still in it for the rocket richard he against yep. ovechkin you know like yeah that's got crazy
0: Dry's got 47 like he's right there
1: he's right he's there he's right there i mean it's probably a stretch to say it but you know his you know mcdavid's gonna be setting him up every time yep. this 100%. year 100 that's what's
0: gonna happen in the next few weeks <laughs> um so
1: that's good what about your uh your your opportunities this week
0: uh we know we talked about how going through these these games the Oilers needed really if they had a sniff or even just wanted to like show that they were a good team they really needed to um, beat these teams Koskinen wasn't there for them like he <clears throat> he was and he wasn't there was some stretches of time where Koskinen was playing really well but man when he lets down he lets down he like against the Blues that was a bad game for him against the Ducks that was a bad game for yeah. him um, like even against the Senators actually I don't know if he played against the Senators I'm pretty sure he did um
1: no, he's played a he's played a boatload. He's played he's most played of the boat? games.
0: Yeah, which is also weird to me. I'm like, just play Stolars? Like, what are you doing? Um, at the same time, like, I, I don't know. Like, if this is going to be our number one for next year, I have my doubts. And I, <clears throat> he needs to have a lot of work. It's not saying that he can't. It's not saying that he's not capable of it. But, man, oh man, this stretch of games where the Oilers really needed a win, I, I don't. I felt like I couldn't trust Koskinen.
1: I think he let down the team. I think he was the first one to say that. Yeah, um, you know, so he's he's taking some ownership over it too. I mean, I hope you know you just you, you just you, you just know this story with Koskinen, right? It's like um, this is how it starts. Yeah, Couple bad games. People start getting some bad perceptions of you. They start overanalyzing your play. Next thing you know, your contract's garbage and needs to be traded. <laughs>
0: That's the contract thing is is a mystery to me, too. But at the same time, like, see, here we started already. (laughs) I told you. I I just say, if even if he didn't have the contract, even if it wasn't signed, I remember the person that we were going number one, okay. I, I, I've okay. got something
1: to add to the other thing. I remember, I, I remember the thing that pissed me off that you said okay, on Twitter good. this here week. Here we go. <laughs> no, we're, so,
0: we're putting, it, uh, in okay, we're we're putting we're... it in the news. Background. Okay, We're putting it in the news. Background. Elliot. Oh, I'm mad at you again now that I remember it. <laughs> Elliot, before the show, was like, you tweeted something out that really made me mad. really pissed me off. But I don't remember what it <laughs> is. I don't remember <laughs> what it is. And I'm like, you're going to remember it mid-show. And then here it is. Here it is. <laughs> it's I remember now. The news, and we can okay. talk about it in the news.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm fired up. Okay, so my player... of Opportunities is yes. Milan Lucic. She didn't play very well this week. Thanks, everyone. See you in a bit.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I can't even continue. Anyway, yeah, at least she sucks. Sorry. The show I'm gets loose, loose. Show <laughs> gets loose when, we, when we haven't done it for two weeks. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah let, let's just go to the news. <laughs> I got Elliot all riled up already. Um, So, beyond the tweets and all that stuff, there's Elliot's on a on a on a mood right now. So we're going to get right to it. Then, (laughs) um, tell me how mad you are about Toby (laughs) Reader. I'm not
1: mad about Toby (laughs) Reader. I don't at all. (laughs) I am mad
0: at Bob Nicholson. Yeah,
1: and I am sad. Still mad. Bad
0: bad bad it's
1: like people bring cell phones that have cameras on them to events bob <laughs> I know. And what are you doing saying that anyway? <laughs> so the comment was, what was the comment exactly? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it up. I, it's, it's, to, my favorite thing was if they'd scored... Oh, he, he wanted to come to Germany or play with his German k- companion.
0: I got it here. Hold on. Right. Uh, so this is what Bob Nicholson said uh, March 21st. Toby Reeder will not be signed by the Edmonton Oilers at the end of this year. Toby Reeder was a player that other teams wanted. He came here for one year because he wanted to play with Leon Dreisaitl, who he plays with on the German national team. He thought if he wasn't playing with Leon, he'd be playing with Connor. He'd score 15 or 16 goals. And instead of making two million, he signed a four-year deal extension at three and a half million. Toby Reeder hasn't scored a goal. Toby Reeder has missed so many breakaways. If Toby Reeder had scored 10 or 12 goals, we'd probably be in the playoffs. Okay. All
1: right. (laughs) Yeah, you've infuriated me now. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. So here's the thing. Um, Look, obviously he didn't feel as though his comments were going to be recorded. He didn't know they were going to come back to bite them. This is during these like season ticket, you know, meetings meetings with season ticket holders. But the media was there. Stupid. Anyway. So my thing is this: Why would? It's such a bad look, because he just spent this time like, okay, we've made lots of... The the team is in really bad shape, and it's because of our general manager, so we fired the general manager. And then for him to say, uh, uh, Toby Reader will not be signed by the Edmonton Oilers this year, it's like... so bad. Are you the GM now? Yeah, it's so bad. Are you going to be taking on the GM roles? That's so, so bad. Not just to mention, it's just such a bad look for him. Like, it's just... He's seen as sort of this cool-headed... Very, um, uh, you know, big thinker. Yeah, exactly. Big in hockey, Canada. He's the force from the trees. Yes, exactly. He's got this sort of um, kind, but stern. I mean, he did. He sat in and took like a beating by Mark Mark Connolly on CBC Radio after you know he's done some stuff to like kind of step up in those ways. Um, This is really a bad look for him, and I, I was really disappointed because. It's been a tough year It's been a really
0: tough year It has been I think this is tougher Than the year before To be honest Like yes. the year before was pretty bad But I think this is To me is a tough year Tuff, Tougher than it was last year
1: Yeah I, I would think so as well I um and so to just dump on one player and then and then to put all of the failure, which is not making the playoffs, the failure not making the playoffs, to dump that on one player and to suggest that, oh, if only they had scored, you know, 10 or 12 instead of one or two, we would be in the playoffs mm-hmm. is also just like... Well, one, it's not true. If you look at the goals, you yeah, <laughs>
0: um, He told specifically tactical goals, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. If he, uh, <laughs> that had to be pretty specific ten very, or twelve very
0: um, tactical goals.
1: Yeah, I was just. It's it's not fair. It's not right. I it's mean, he's walked it back. Toby Reader's agent I, it, it, The sad thing is Toby's done And it's like oh, the He's Oilers. done He's
0: done And it's just, it just looks so bad For the Oilers too I'm yeah. just like This is bad For the organization In general Like imagine Like who's gonna sign A one year deal Now with us if, if this is the comments That are gonna come out Mid season Like are you kidding
1: me Well yeah I mean I don't know That I would say Like someone's gonna be Thinking about this When they're making The decision I think what they're Thinking about Is playing with Connor McDavid But I will uh, say it's a, part of it, it's, a <laughs> it's a bad look It's a bad look It's a bad look It looks awful Yeah And it's sort of I think furthers, um, you know, the need for a new general manager to take a step in, and so they can field those questions because obviously Nicholson can't.
0: No, I, and it's interesting you say that because I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts as well, and Elliot talking was talking about how this. Caused kind of a rift in regards to how we're going to uh, approach the president of hockey operations job and the GM job. That um, do we need somebody that's a little bit more media friendly in regards to uh, the POHO job and that we'll be able to communicate those messages in an easier and proper way? Um, Mike Gillis's name has come out a lot lately, um, but I think you're right. Like in regards to like like these are. it doesn't matter if he apologize later on like (laughs) look at the occasion this is your season ticket holders right your quote unquote tier one fans (laughs) Um, these are the people that are paying the like the most fever and ardent fans of your team and this is what comes out like and this is what you say like you're throwing a a player that's still on your team under the bus yeah like that is bad and and his agent he said um, let me see here uh, well the agent did
1: what he needed to do, which is step which up. Is I totally mean fair. but it's always funny, like we always rip on agents for coming out and doing things, sort of making a big deal. Um but this is exactly the time when you want an agent yeah, to come step out. Step up do the for the job, yeah, stand exactly. Because right? I mean, the player's in a really uncomfortable position, right? Like he's sitting there, he's still gotta play with the team. He's signed a contract, he's got teammates and, and, and there's an expectation around his uh his play and he's got to be a professional so he can't defend himself which is really frustrating absolutely so I was I'm all for you can read the quote but I'm all for this so
0: he said I'm totally astonished and disappointed that the president of an NHL team can make such a callous and reckless statement about a player this is unacceptable and this is right after a tweet from Darren Dreger who said that Bob Nicholson just spoke to Toby Reader he apologized for his comments criticizing Reader at a season ticket event Nicholson said he stepped out of bounds hoping they can all move on um yes you definitely stepped out of bounds Nicholson yeah um but man, I don't like if I was a player, I would uh, This is definitely something. I'm a
1: fan and I'm re- I, I mean, I'm sort of embarrassed actually that's, to it's be honest. I am really embarrassed. Is. And I actually don't think that Nicholson's done or said enough. I know I know that he's apologized, um but you know, this is the first time I've got to respond to this as a fan mm-hmm. and as an individual. Um, it's an embarrassment. Yeah.
0: And I would I uh, yeah, that's and I'll leave it there. The thing is that like I do think that 2 v Reader needs to be criticized in his play? Publicly, no. By the President of Hockey Operations, no. In the season ticket event, no. I love that after the LA game, there was one minute left to play, and there was a Let's Go Reader yeah, chance yeah, yeah, by yeah. the fans. And I think, to me, that's really fantastic to say Like two things. It said that the fans kind of are recognizing throwing a player under a bus is not a good thing. Yeah. And second of all, this is a that's a giant middle finger to the management. Yes. That's a giant middle yeah. finger to being like, this is something we do not expect as fans. This is something that we do not uh, like. As- as- ascribe to. Yeah. At all. No, not at all. So it's, I.
1: It just what bothers me is that it's, you know, it's another example where we say like, okay, we're gonna take things seriously, and okay, we're gonna we're gonna look, we're gonna take this general management job search mm-hmm. really seriously, and we need the right person for the right job, and we, need a large, and, and and what that what that says to people, is, this is part of a larger problem. There's a cultural problem here, which we're gonna talk about later, mm-hmm. and that needs to be addressed. Yes, but what these comments. Indicate is that actually there's still escape, everything's a scapegoat. Yep. There's no real actually hard look in the mirror. Nope. They're not looking in the mirror. No. Um,
0: (laughs) This is it's telling. All these comments are so telling.
1: And as and you can ascribe the failure of this season to one third or slash fourth line player. Yeah. Um, And at it's. We'll talk about it in the culture. Sometime.
0: Yes, we will. We definitely will. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you this one as well. You were really mad at me. Hey, okay, you know what? Like <laughs> right. I, you know, this honestly.
1: Like I go on Twitter, and I'm, I, you know, Herman is like you want you want a good afternoon. You just go on Herman's Twitter and you just go to his tweets and replies. Like I, we just went through it now, and it's pretty like he's he's sharp, he's witty, he Thank can you. be. Um, Engaging And smart and caring mm, And then he says it. something stupid Like Leon well, Dreisaitl's contract was a gross overpayment It was a gross overpayment When it was signed It was Excuse me It was Excuse me It really was Okay you want me to explain myself on this one I would love What, you, what are you going to get Dreisaitl for 6-5 for yeah. 8 years
0: 6 five, seven, seven, seven mil. I could For see 8 years Yep you know what? Absolutely why? not. Here's the thing. So, and this is an argument, and, like, legitimately when this when the contract was signed, people were saying, and this is not, like, this is Oilers fans were kind of like, oh, eh, man, we'll be a little bit too much money. There was some analysts, and they were like, that's a lot of money. And there were people outside of the hockey, outside of the Edmonton circle that were like, that's a lot of money. I don't know why, because... Dreisaitl, who, by the way, we should talk about this. Drysaddle and McDavid, first teammates to hit 100 points. Drysaddle hit 100 points this week. Um, dude's a $10 million player now, yes. Absolutely, in 2019, he is underpaid. In, in 2015, no, was it 2016, 2017? Yeah. Before he signed it? Yeah. That was an overpayment. The reason why is because of one David Pasternak. David Pasternak, who's a winger... Winninger center. By the way, Drysdale was playing wing with McDavid, and he's still kind of playing wing with McDavid. So beyond that point, David Pasternak, same age, 22, 23 years old, same points. Just came back. David Pasternak was a 70-point season that year. Um, Drysdale was 77 points. They both hit around the same amount of points career-wise. Same age. David Pasternak is a $6 million player right now. He's playing on the best line in hockey right now. Imagine what we would have. Drysaddle was paid either six, five, seven mil.
1: Leon Drysaddle carried the Edmonton Oilers through In the, the San Jose Sharks series.
0: Right. So okay. are we paying? Are we paying? He got 2. seven more points, for, but he's for, got for
1: twelve games. I'm. I am we are paying for a hundred point player eight point five million. Yeah,
0: I'm not saying now. And he's gonna I'm score fifty. Then. I'm talking then. I'm not now. I'm not talking 2019.
1: I'm talking. It was a great investment. <laughs> by Peter Shirelli Because <laughs> he knew. And this is this is the thing. I think you are putting your resentment and hatred for Peter Shirelli get out of on here. this situation. It was a great deal. No, to it was get not Leon a great deal. Dra- Leon settle now it's for a great deal eight years at eight point five. It's a great deal now. Would you rather have him Okay <laughs> So here's the thing. This is the thing. Here's the no thing. no I you have had your chance. <laughs> Okay Go on Go on, Go on. on. Would you rather have Leon Dry settle For six years at six Or eight years at 8.5 I would
0: have him At eight years at seven Yeah really that's should not it, Should have been signed I don't think that That was Should have signed Here's the thing Why too Here's the, thing, the other thing That pisses me off He signed in August He Shrelly thought that he was going to get an offer sheet on dry saddle is the reason why we traded Jordan Eberle and also is the reason we use that extra money they traded Jordan Eberle because Jordan Eberle was atrocious in the playoffs which is again a dumb reason I, I, I nobody should be signing any contracts because of a 12 game stretch in the playoffs okay yeah. <laughs> like, that's the same this logic guy, this 100 point player 47 goals for like 10 games. it's
1: a gross overpayment <laughs> it is I think you're projecting I don't think I'm projecting yeah also i Cannot wait oh, for the the Peter Shirelli debate that we are, that's I been festering. I, also for so long. This here. A,
0: we talk about seriously. Peter Shirelli is historically overpays people. <laughs> like he overpaid Russell. He overpaid Benning. He overpaid Cassian. Here we go. Russell,
1: <laughs> Cassian's like having a career year at one point five million. He's almost yeah. got. He's got fifteen goals. It's he ridiculous. overpaid him at the time. Ridiculous. Ah, ridiculous. We'll go back there
0: in a week. Ridiculous. We talk, what, <laughs> we talk about Peter Shirelli. <laughs> Okay, let's go to something I'm let's glad something, the season's almost done, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a breath. Let's talk about something nice. Dry Saddle and oh, McDavid hit 100 points. Grossly underpaid, really on Dry got 100 points. <laughs> <100 laughs> He's underpaid now. He's a $10 million player now. I'm telling you.
1: Look, agree to
0: disagree. Agree to disagree. Can I tell you something that pisses me off about this, though? Yeah. Um, so... They're the first teammates to hit 100 points since the Washington Capitals in 2009. 2009, the Washington Capitals were President Trophy winners. (laughs) That's what pisses me off. They made the playoffs? What? (laughs) (laughs) This team is not making the playoffs with 200-point people on the team. That kind of And Newt's having a career year. Yeah, Newt's having a career year. Cassian's having a career year. Um, Newt's going to be close to a point a game or something like that, I think. pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Maybe 60, 70 points around there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's pretty shitty. <laughs> I, it's really bad. <laughs> like, and do not think, like, I don't know what they. on having. Jason had a career year as well. <laughs> like, yeah, all these players are having career years, and we're still gonna make the playoffs. It's, it just tells you a lot about the Oilers, what they're right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm really with you on that. I mean, I think some changes. Whoever comes in, I mean, I think the team is. Almost there They've got to be Almost there You can't have two players That make 100 points And like Not make the playoffs Yeah I, I think Yeah it, it's, it's an interesting Conversation about what um, Does need to be done And what, what the issue is Yeah I think sec- losing Sekro was really sort of—I agree—obviously difficult on the team. Um, when we do our team debrief, I mean, this is what it's going to come down to: is yeah. like, well, how do we, how do you have this situation where you have two players playing so well, three players essentially, yeah. and then the then the fall, the drop off is so huge
0: um, that the team can't make the up. Team makes yeah. I know. I, I agree. There's something really, really off around that. Um, the other rumor, there was a big rumor that <laughs> I don't, you know what I'm gonna. <laughs> this is my fault because I put it in there, but I, I I don't think that anything Jim Matheson says now <laughs> can be constructed as as um, another, you know, smart reporting anymore. <laughs> um, you had your time. You Jim don't Matheson. think he got
1: three sources on that rumor yeah, before he reported it out?
0: I really really doubt that.
1: <laughs> you think you don't think maybe he just felt like that would be a good deal and then just threw it out there? Oh yeah,
0: uh, He, you know what, Jim. You were really good in the dynasty areas. Like, you're a legendary reporter during that time. Just just let go, man. <laughs> let go. Uh, he floated out on a nude for a rumor um, that, to be honest, I've heard before, but like, literally like two years ago. Um, so, I, I don't know where he got that from, but he's, everybody blew off on Twitter because of that. And even outside of Oilers. Twitter.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, I, I, there's some argument in like, oh well, Rnh is like value is probably really high right now.
0: Yeah. People hate Ristolainen by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I get it. His analytics are pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that would be a bad trade. That would, would be a bad really, trade. Would, we would lose that trade. Um, here's some good news. Bakersfield. Bakerfield Bakersfield is a fantastic team. They yeah, made the playoffs. Yeah, really good.
1: It's almost as though there was a general manager Aww. of the big club that get actually built here. up the team. <laughs> And build, <laughs> yes,
0: we build his, his name infrastructure. Is Keith Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No,
1: I, I mean, they went on that epic run this they year. Uh, I don't think they broke the record, but game pretty, you know, did pretty well. They, they
0: were like one or two games away. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but you know, there's there's lots of young talent mm-hmm. down there, um, and the more playing well, winning, learning how to win, quote unquote, but like also getting to play meaningful games in the playoffs and. Uh, You you gotta be excited I think that there's gonna be Given how bad This season was And how bad The drop off was From our top players To the rest of the team You gotta think That there are some Pretty serious Fights For uh, Jobs Coming in um, The start of next year And I wonder You know If It's gonna be interesting to see Because there's Who the coach is And who's gonna be Making those decisions But yeah, really I, interesting stuff. I, I totally agree with that. I Really stoked for Bakersfield. I hope they go far. Too. I hope they go deep. Uh, I think for some of those young players on the team, it's going to be
0: great. I hope they can win the Calder Cup. That would be fantastic. That would be such a really awesome new story for them. And uh, it would be something that Oiler fans would love to see as well, too. So, um, And the other thing that I put in was uh, this <laughs> concurring narrative about Koskinen's glove hand. Um, yeah, he has a pretty terrible glove hand right now. But at the same time, I just want to take a look at his stats. Um, I don't know what his say percentage is right now. So, you know, this is something that has followed
1: him from the KHL. Yeah. This has been something that we've been talking about basically since he got signed initially. And it's been this... I don't know if it was just like... Someone got a scouting report on him or something like that. And then, you know, it's just kind of stuck because... Every time now everyone's looking at it way too much so yeah. Every time a goal goes in on his glove side it's People are like, oh, it's confirmation bias
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree I, I think so too And I think that there needs to be a little bit more analysis In on regards to his glove hand It'd be
1: really interesting to see For someone to go through this entire season It may be a shitload of work But someone's yeah. not going to do it over. I'm sure we'll someone do will it. do it over the summer Yeah, Where every goal that was scored on him Beat him Yeah um, and then, if someone if that shows like disproportionately on the glove hand, then okay, then maybe I'm.
0: I agree. I, I mean, you kind a, of have to, you, question,
1: you have to kind right? of cross reference it with like how many it, because then you can't just do that though. You need to pull the data based on where all his saves were too. Yep. Because you know what if he gets the people were just shooting there a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a good analysis in regards. This is a good conversation in regards to. What you see, the eye test, versus what you see stats-wise. Yeah. Like, when we talk about uh, analysis versus eye tests, and we, we say people don't shouldn't be, really like, one thing to the other. Um, at the same time, this is a good instance where you say, like, well, we see a lot of goals going as love hand. Is it actually a problem? Yeah. And then go to the stats. And exactly. actually figure that out. Um, this is what a proper analysis should look like. And you're right. I think there's a – I personally think there's a lot of – a lot of things going against his glove hat like not, no, no let me rephrase that there's a lot of talk about his glove hat that I don't know is necessary right
1: yeah, now yeah I, I think I, I'm with you on that I, yeah. but someone's gonna do the analysis over the summer because that's what nerds do in the summer oh, <laughs> hockey nerds do in the summer they, they, yeah, they do true. like a, or they
0: just drink margaritas is what oh, like yeah, Bob yeah, McKenzie yeah, yeah. does and
1: Bob McKenzie Bob McKenzie's a blind, <laughs> blind guy <laughs>
0: By the way, Nico um, Koskinen's uh, state percentage is 9.06, which is about league average. Uh, his league average is about 9.07, 9.08, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so he's below league average. He's still a 9.06 goalie. I, I worry about him. I wonder what we're going to do in goalie instance next year. Uh, Stolars is not going to get signed, I don't think, or else they would've, we would have protected him.
1: Well, they don't need them. There's people that can come up next year.
0: I agree. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year with that. So anyways, that was the news.
1: <laughs> fired up, so.
0: <laughs> coming up. Tell us what's coming up. Okay. Last week of the season. Four
1: games left last week. Here we go. Oilers at Vegas. <laughs> Monday night. Yes. Uh, they're probably going to lose. <laughs> Tuesday. Back to back. Oilers at Colorado. Yep. They're probably going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> then Thursday, San Jose, which is their third game and fourth night. They're going to so lose that one for sure. They're definitely sure. going to lose that one. <laughs> Last game of the season. The Flames probably won't even be playing their full roster. No. Um, Saturday Night Affair, where there's the Flames. Uh, I bet there's a bunch of fights. I 100% agree.
0: <laughs> I 100% agree.
1: No, actually, I think the Flames will be just like too like gung-ho for the playoffs. No one wants to get hurt. I think it'll actually probably be pretty... Pretty chill game. Now that I think about no, it, I think it's going to be fired up. Think I think people up. are going to be mad. Maybe Lucic will fight someone.
0: Lucic will definitely fight somebody. <laughs> Lucic will fight. Kachuk. That's in Calgary, right? Lucic so. or Nurse will going to fight Kachuk. That's yeah. that's that's my that's my bold prediction. Oh for yeah, this week. actually, maybe
1: <laughs> they maybe they won't play Kachuk because they know.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um. Anyway. Anyways, you had four
1: games here. What, what do you think they're going to do? Just close up the season? one and three. Now think, that they're done I think it's probably One and three I think Colorado's Fighting for their lives There's a chance To play spoilers with them That's
0: kind of fun I think they might beat Vegas To be honest I think Vegas claims to be already the playoffs They're pretty set up Already in the division They have yeah. nowhere to go I I, I think they could I beat that Vegas uh, I don't think they're beating San Jose I think they could beat Colorado But I don't think They're going to beat And Colorado's in a fight They're right And the Flames yeah, yeah 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 I don't know I The Flames are so good this year which pisses me off. One and three? Yeah, one and three. What's yours? 0 oh and 4. 0 oh and 4. All right. <laughs> All right.
1: Let's go <laughs> to the big topic.
0: <laughs> All right, Elliot. Elliot, so one of the things that Nicholson said uh, in his presser that, you know, rightfully so got kind of overgleaned. Um, because that's why I shred her comments. Um, he talked a lot about culture. And he had an interview with Jason Greger. And Jason Greger kinda of pushed him on the culture piece as well. Saying how what is what is culture to you? Why is this such a winning culture? That's where the um, the phone fo- the the phone uh, went off on Nicholson and yes. the Daryl Cates thing. Yes. <laughs> that was that interview. Daryl Katz. Yeah. Daryl Katz. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, like Jason Gregor's like interviewing Nicholson, and Nicholson's phone goes off, and it's like this speech thing, and he's like, "Daryl Katz, Daryl <laughs> Katz," it's like he's like listening to it live. You're like, "Shut this down, shut this down." Paul, hey, hey, hey. like, oh well, I'm, uh,
1: sorry. Oh yeah, so uh. <laughs> it was really good. But on, on the culture question,
0: on the culture question, I really, really, yeah, I want to talk about the culture question because I think I have some opinions about what culture actually means and why I think teams kind of do this backwards. I think teams really concern themselves about culture when they should be concerning themselves about results. And I think results lead into culture. Do you know what I mean? What do you think about this? What do you think about culture in general?
1: I think that's an interesting perspective. I think what happens is that when things are not going well for long periods of time, or things are going very well for long periods of time, these culture conversations emerge. Mm-hmm. And I think what the struggle in Edmonton is, is that the team has struggled for so long that this narrative is forming, has formed around... "Quote unquote," the culture of the team, and as such, we're talking about it, right? Like, <laughs> which furthers the conversation about what well, is want, the culture I want to talk of the about Oilers? It, like,
0: not the culture of the Oilers. Like, what does culture actually yeah. mean? Like, why do we keep talking about? culture? I don't think it means anything.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually sort of one of those buzzwords. I think it's something that I think general managers and, and presidents of hockey operations and owners use to. Um, avoid difficult conversations. (laughs) I mean, the funny thing is I think that the Drayson Greger question and that whole bit with the phone going off was hilarious. (laughs) But the question is actually terrible. Like, what's wrong with the culture here? I agree. It's such such an avoidable topic because culture can mean anything to everyone. And as such, I think, you know, it's just a way to avoid difficult questions about results.
0: Right. And that's the thing that I wanted to get into is because I agree with you. I think people talk about culture when people, when teams are losing too much, right? I think results, good results, a winning team breeds good culture. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden, people only see this thing from the outside. They see that a team's winning. They see the team looks like they're having fun. And like, if you look at something like the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? Like, Tampa Bay Lightning, by the way, their goal differential is 100. I know. By the way. <laughs>
1: it's plus, I one, know.
0: plus 100. It's insane. They've been
1: locked for the President's Trophy since, like, January. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. What a crazy team. Um, they obviously have a winning culture. But if you look at somebody like John Cooper, from what I've heard, John Cooper is a pretty much a micromanager. Like, he is very diligent as a coach, very diligent in his team. And there's some people that don't really like him as a coach, like as a person. Like he gets good results, but then you look at the team from the outside, and you're like, "Well, that's a winning culture." Yeah. So what is? Why do we talk about those things? Like, would you? Would you as a player? You probably would want to play in Tampa Bay because of their winning culture, but then would you want to play for somebody like John Cooper? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah, as a job, it's I like, mean,
1: it's hard to because you get into these conversations where like. Basically, when you're talking about culture, you're talking about results, because no one who is asking about culture is actually in the culture. <laughs> if that I know. makes sense, right? yeah, exactly. Like it's not like new <clears> just <throat> talking about the culture. No, and they will never, like, right? You know, deputy assistant to the chief scout. You know, is commenting on it. Like, what's his picture? What? What? How does he feel about the culture of the team? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so one of the things that's Happens in the media and in this conversation is that something like the term culture can create a narrative to write a story about and to talk about, but no one actually knows. Right. And people will say, well, they've lost all these games, the culture must be bad. Well, you know, they've lost a lot of games because they made some bad decisions as a team. Right. I don't think that. uh,
0: I don't think they have the talent, but their culture could be really good. Yeah.
1: And, And, you know, what I would like to talk about, like, you want to talk about a culture that I can actually speak to the rancid culture that is Oilers Media
0: oh yeah yeah that's definitely something that we can see right
1: and we can see and we're yeah. like sort of a part of it not really but we kind of are I mean we follow the team we follow all the same people we Herman engages a lot on Twitter with these these people um so we, we and we have our you know we have this feeling <laughs> my lack this, of self care we have this theory around like how I can speak to that culture that culture mm-hmm. is abusive to players mm-hmm. it, it undermines the success of the team mm-hmm. um I think is, is combative and nasty, and I have lots of feelings about that. I can speak to that culture because that culture is present and open and honest and v- visible uh, quite easily. I think it's very difficult to say, like, what is the culture of the Empson Oilers organization it's for hard. someone who's
0: not in it. Exactly.
1: But it's an opportunity to write a shitty story and I think why you have these conversations is not because of the culture of the M's Oilers because of the rancid culture of the media that would push a narrative around
0: culture yeah yeah and I also think that also drives uh, team decisions as well for example I see many times and this is not an Oilers problem specifically I mean the Oilers have done this but I've I've seen teams go out and get quote unquote role players or quote unquote glue players even though their analytics might be really bad, or and they say, "Well, this person's going to improve culture." Well, you're just you're digging a hole again. It's like you're dig- just because you're not getting the results, because all oh, this person's going to increase culture. Yeah, Nicholson talked a lot recently about Matt, Matt Hendricks and how he improved "quote unquote" culture, and I'm like, I I don't know if Matt Hendricks is the the solution to the Oilers' woes. And also, are we going to spend $2 million or whatever Matt Hendricks would cost, $1.5, on somebody who's just a culture piece? Do you know what I mean? This is, we're in a cap space here. We have a specific amount of budget to spend the best amount of player for the best amount of team. Yeah. I, I, mean, you, what, I,
1: I mean, I think those kinds of comments, I can see why they'd worry you. And they are worrying, you know, Mm -hmm. because then you end up in situations where the person who's supposedly not running the team, but clearly is because he can decide whether or not Toby Reader's coming (laughs) back next year, um, is leaving you with this perception that that person is really valuable, that type of player is really valuable. And I don't know, you know, by all indications, one of the reasons why the Oilers have had so much success since the return of Andre Sekra is because he's great in the room. He's well-respected, he's vocal, He's a teacher. There's like you know you hear that constantly. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's but not only just that, as that he's a good player, and though. he's a good player. That's the thing though. Like, and I think that it comes down to it. He could be a really good teacher, he could be a good leader. Yeah. But if he, but if he's not a good player, then what happens, right? Like you, you don't walk the walk, right? Like Secker I think, is respected, and somebody like McDavid is respected because he walks the walks. Yeah. He'll get a hundred and ten points. Like, yeah. He's. Not only saying it, he's doing it right, and not only that, like he's propelling Dry Saddle to get 100 points. Like <clears throat> Sekhara, for example, is a great example because he's a veteran who has played the game well and is still playing the game, well. yeah. And not only that, he's a calming presence on the ice, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, tell yeah, yeah. that. So, he also mentioned Nicholson also mentioned something about Sam Gagne, and he said, you know, Sam Gagne is a good pickup in the sense that he's also a culture driver. Um,
1: because he, quote-unquote, wants to be here and will be here for the rest of his career if he, exactly. if he gets the opportunity.
0: So, I, I mean, I, I find this
1: conversation really struct- frustrating because I think there's so much made of this topic mm-hmm. when it comes to the Oilers so often. Too often. Too often. Too often. And I think it's... It's an opportunity for basically reporters that are mad to rag on the team, without having to have verifiable sources. Yeah, um, and I think, and you see it on both sides. Like totally, you, know, you get the culture conversation from the
0: bloggers too.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, no,
0: I'm not like if people like and I I think I've said this too when I was talking to Greg Beaver who's coming to the show a couple of times, and I'm like, I've been throwing some side eyes to Oilers Nation lately, and people like that because they are can be just as bad oh yeah
1: oh yeah oh yeah Yeah.
0: and i i've seen that i've seen that from them
1: so it's you know then all of a sudden they really start winning and all these conversations go away Mm mm-hmm I mean, you think I don't actually Wait. know, but it's <laughs> been a while saying, since they won. I oh, been, I, but you know, what you know, does like, that look like? <laughs> what,
0: what is that? What are these? Imagine this? if you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're like, wow, man, that wow, it must be sucked Jeez. to lose. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what it's like to lose for ten years straight. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah. anyway, yeah, hundred yeah, 100 points. Hundred points. Uh, 100, amazing. Yeah. great. <laughs> I um. Yeah, I worry about the the conversation around culture. Well, I really, I think it's really funny because
1: every the, the last little while, like so many of these big topics have been like about a thing, but are actually kind of just Isn't generated by a shitty media culture. Inbred media. Inbred media.
0: <laughs> it really is. It really is. I think hockey culture in general has a big problem with this. I don't think it's just specifically an Oilers problem. No, absolutely. I think it's definitely a hockey media problem. I think I see also as well the reckoning. I see so many people are pushing back towards this that <clears throat> people like Matheson and Terry Jones are now becoming these kind of like clowns on media, right? Like in regards to hockey media, people are like turning back, they're back towards them almost. I
1: think that there's, yeah, I mean, but that's sort of how we ended up in this situation to begin with because all these bloggers emerged on the scene and there was this kind of like, Push and pull about you're wrong, you're wrong. I don't respect you. You don't respect me. Kind of thing, and that's sort of how we've ended up in this really combative of negative space. Yeah, I, I think, think you're right. You
0: may be right. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: I don't know. It's it's such a weird.
1: It goes back to, to, to just sort of like our like entire theory on yeah. this podcast, which is like there's two versions of Oilers fans uh, media, and they fight. Yep. And they're ranted, and their their weapons. Are the players and the organization
0: yes and the fans
1: (laughs) and sometimes the fans and I think that that's uh, led to a really negative space and allows for like conversations about culture to be
0: yeah and it's the thing we can't talk about we can't talk um, we can't have a nuanced conversation about people like Dallas Eakins anymore can't have a nuanced conversation about people like Andrew Ferentz can't have a nuanced conversation about Taylor Hall anymore can't have one about um, Peter Shirelli Peter Shirelli right like it is, definitely one of those things where we find a scapegoat, and we're just like, "Fuck that, we're done, we're done. This, this has been decided. We can't have this conversation anymore, even though that conversation is irrelevant." Yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous to me. But I totally agree. Keep tuning in to the One Hundred and Four Podcast yes. <laughs> every week or so,
1: and we will have those nuanced conversations, unless it's about a Leon Drysdale contract.
0: contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. For next week
1: <laughs> uh, is, The next couple weeks So uh, <laughs> This is what we're looking at For the next couple weeks Obviously we've yeah. got One more week of results To talk about um, You know Potential news The feeling is I think that The GM comes after the playoffs Not before Yeah it'll come after um, the We'll see So Not a lot of news from that So we'll do one more week like this And then we're gonna go Likely every two weeks Yeah We're gonna follow the playoffs Somewhat, somewhat, and we're gonna start doing player reviews, organizational reviews, correct. Talking about the season that was.
0: Here's some big things that are gonna come up: the draft lotteries in April 9th. That's gonna be obviously we're gonna be in it. Um, so that might be really good, or it might be number one, baby. Maybe in the same thing as last year. It's
1: the Oilers pick number one. The oh. league, the league's oh. face will melt. The oh. league's
0: face will melt. I can't. I oh man, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I, those are the things that I'm just like. I know everyone hates when the Oilers win draft draft letters, but they just they are amazing. They're yes, so amazing. It's so great. Um, yeah. And then you know the playoffs will start. Um, at the end of the playoffs, we'll probably have a new GM and a new coach. We'll see. You never know. This could drag on a little bit later. Uh, the draft's going to come up. My favorite time of the year in June. Um, and then you know we'll go from there. I mean, then we'll be we'll some summer. reviews. Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned to us. We have one more week. Let's go or so let's not lose to the Flames. Um, Elliot, where can people find you? At Tanty Y-E-G. You can find me talking about Leon Dreisaitl at GermanNotGerman German, on Twitter. Look at his tweets and replies. It's hilarious. It's amazing. <laughs> Have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll see you next time on The 104.